Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. Hey there and good morning. Welcome, Penny, for your thoughts. Thursday, June the 7th. Glad you're with us today here on News Talk 1400 DWS. Another two hours on the horizon here from 9 until 11. We'll take your phone calls, emails, and text as we usually do during the course of the show. A couple of things to hit on today. One, I was uh, with a group, large group of uh, media folks yesterday over at the Biofelt uh, Center there on the University of Illinois campus. A roundtable with Josh Whitman, the athletic director. He covered a lot of ground. Kind of a review of the last year, where we are uh, as an athletic program at the University of Illinois, what uh, some of the future with the facilities. So I thought it was really a helpful and good discussion on Josh's part. So I had a lot of folks there to um, listen in on that and visit with him a little bit afterwards as well. I've got a couple of comments from him I think you'll find interesting in regard to a couple of things we've talked about on the, this particular show as well. So we'll do that uh, coming up during the course of the morning today. Also, uh, Red Shandy's passed away. If you're a Cardinal fan, you know about Red. He's been a symbol of the Cardinals for many, many years. Of course, was a really solid player, very good defensive player. Uh, wound up being a manager, managed in a couple of World Series with the Cardinals. So uh, passed away at the age of 95. So we'll talk about him a little bit. There's a couple of sports notes for you. Uh, the president commuting Alice Johnson's sentence after meeting with Kim Kardashian. We'll find out more about who is Alice Marie Johnson the great-grandmother that Trump is granting clemency to. We'll get into that a little bit, your thoughts on any or all of that. Also, a little bit of news from out in California. Had the big primary a couple of days ago. Democrats trying to enhance their prospects for winning control of the House of Representatives. They're mining pretty heavily in the state of California. They used to mine for gold out there, of course, back in the 1840s and 1850s. Now they're mining for uh, seats in California, I think at least a third of the seats that they need to take to flip to gain control of the House of Representatives are in the golden state of California. So we'll talk about that a little bit if we get a chance. Uh, again, we can bring up these topics. If you have something else you want to bring up during the course of the show, feel free to do that. An area uh, prosecutor turning state senator considering legislation that would uh, up the penalty for certain crimes on the road like the recent uh, window-shattering incidents on I-74. Of course, Democrat Scott Bennett, among others, discussing that at a town hall with uh, fellow Democrat Carol Ammons last night. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. Also touched on it briefly yesterday, Urbana Middle School, okay's uh, school board okaying plan to eliminate deans at the middle school as well. Talked about the sports news off the top. Of course, some of the national sports news uh, have to do with the NBA and the NHL winding down. Golden State appears to have everything in uh, good order as they won again last night in Cleveland, so they're up three games to none there. Washington Capitals trying to win the NHL, so those two winter sports winding down finally here as we warm up in the month of June. 
And, of course, lots of other um, this and that items we'll throw your way, as we always do during the course of a two-hour show today. Tomorrow we're going to have uh, Jim Durkin on, the House leader in the uh, State House for the Republicans. He's the top Republican. Of course, Mike Madigan is the Speaker of the House on the Democratic side. But uh, Jim Durkin is the House leader. And we'll visit with him tomorrow morning about this time, talk about the budget, how they got that done so fast uh, this time around, and got it done not only uh, on time, but uh, apparently balanced. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little bit uh, tomorrow. And then uh, we'll head into next week. So we're rolling along through this week. We're on Thursday today, partly cloudy and hot. Again, a high near 90. Normal high is 80, so we're above normal. We went from below normal and wet and cold and snow in April to now we're all of a sudden above normal on a consistent basis. <laughs> but that's okay. We're inside. We're downtown at our studios. You're with us on the radio, so it's a good day, and we'll get it all started. Hear a little bit from uh, yesterday's conversation with Athletic Director Josh Whitman. If you have any uh, topics you'd like to bring up, feel free to do so along the way here this morning. We're back to get it started on Penny for Your Thoughts. Glad you're with us. Back in a moment. 356-9397 is the phone number you can join us on, and we've got uh, open lines going here pretty much throughout the hour. And as we usually do, we'll sprinkle in a few things here and there along the way. You can always text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. We'll get to all of those. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Going to hear from Josh Whitman here in just a moment. Some of the comments he made yesterday in regards to a couple of different topics. Uh, you've heard some. I know Scott Beatty, if you want to go back and listen to his podcast of uh, Sports Talk last night, had a, uh, I don't know, five, six-minute interview with Josh. Uh, he aired as well, if you want to go back and hear some more. But we'll throw in a couple of comments that uh, when I visited with him as well. Let's go to uh, Kurt. Good morning, Kurt. Yeah, good morning, Brian. I was uh, saddened to hear the death last night of Rich Hanks. I heard it while the Cardinal broadcast was on TV. And uh, one thing I remember, I've been a Rich Hanks fan. Of course, I'm giving away my age ever since I was about seven or eight years old. And the first game I saw Rich Hanks is when I was nine in St. Louis. My late father had lived across the river in Waterloo, Illinois at the time. I mean, we were at my grandparents' house. We saw the game against the then Brooklyn Dodgers. And the next day, I came back in the St. Louis papers. My mother came telling me that they traded Red Chaney's to the New York, then New York Giants for Alvin Dark. At that time, I didn't even know who in the heck Alvin Dark was, and I just couldn't understand what a trade was. And I was really upset. And I went to my dad and said, what did they do that for? And you know what he said, Kurt, you're going to have to learn this is professional baseball. They trade all the time. But anyway, that was a trade, that, one of many controversial trades that then general manager Frank Lane made. And Frank Lane was not a very popular general manager in St. Louis. Hmm. I was in tears when they, when they traded Led Chaniks away. Yeah, that was a nine-player deal. Yeah, it was, I tell you, I, and then here's another story I heard. He even wanted to trade Stan Musial, but Augie Bush vetoed that deal right then and there. <laughs> and, and, of course, after the uh, 1958 season, Mr. Lane, Frank Lane was gone and uh, off to Cleveland. And I think he was probably one of the most controversial 
general managers baseball has ever known. You ask any person that's been around baseball as long or longer than I have, hmm. they will tell you the same thing. So yeah. I just wanted to let you know that. But one of the great things that did happen, Ray Cheney's got, got sick in 1959, and then in 60 he came back. It was like long lost. Relatives coming home at the time. Yeah, what he had tuberculosis, right? Yeah, he did, and he beat that. Yeah, and he lived to be ninety-five years old, and uh, was a great ball player, a great man. And he along with Stan Musials, just was pr- probably one of the greatest Cardinals the organization has ever known. Yeah, they say if uh, Stan Musial was the greatest Cardinal of them all, then fellow Hall of Famer Red Shandies easily could be called Mister Cardinal, is what uh, they said. That's that's correct, and of course I've been a Cardinal fan for years, and uh, and that's the way I'm going to stay. I say congratulations to the Cub fans who won it last year, but when it gets to be a new, I mean two years ago when it gets to be a new season, I say go Cardinals all the way. <laughs> and he was a pretty good, uh, very good defensive player, right? I mean he could hit too, but oh, he was a darn good defensive player. And then when they traded him to uh, New York. Well, the Giants traded him to Milwaukee mm-hmm. in, after the toward the end of the '56 season, and he came back to haunt the he came back to haunt the Cardinals in '57 and '58. Mm-hmm. No, so, he had a, he had a remarkable career, and you just saw him in the dugout all the time. Um, yeah. And I think I think he was hitting fungos in his '90s. Oh yeah, he was. He he'd still be down there at spring training and. Uh, and another story I heard last night between the, on the Cardinal announcers was he joined a couple Cardinal announcers to play some golf on the 18th hole, and they say he can still smack that ball over 200 yards. <laughs> well, he's got me beat because I can't hit it 200 yards. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm half his age, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, another, you mentioned your old teacher, one time at Muhammad, uh, Mr. Cummings. Yeah, at Unity, yeah. And, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, well, I remember I, he was just two years older than me, and he was the wrestling coach. And sometime in person, I'll have to, t- I'm not going to mention this on the air, but if I see him in person sometime, Brian, I'll have to tell you what, what his nickname was. All right, you do that. Okay, <laughs> okay, have a good day, Brian. I appreciate the time. Thank you, Kurt. Okay, bye-bye. Great to hear from you. Penny, for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. It can be open topics like that. Yeah, Red Shandy's passed away. Uh, he had the distinction of being teammates during his career with Hank Aaron, Stan Musial, and Willie Mays. Just at uh, different times in his career. 356-9397 is how you can join us on the phone line, just like Kurt did. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Got a uh, text in from CJ. says, Brian, which one of the former Hollies did you mention earlier got the tail end of it? Uh, Terry Sylvester was over at the um, IBA conference and performed last night over at the Broadcasters Association over there in Bloomington. Also from Benny... He says, good morning. I listened to Dave and Elizabeth yesterday, and I disagreed with Elizabeth that LeBron James and the Cavs would win a home game and that the NBA Finals would go seven. I look for the Warriors to wrap it up Friday and the Washington Capitals to win the Stanley Cup tonight. Yeah, Stanley Cup's playing the team from Las Vegas. If you don't follow uh, the NHL at all, what's been amazing about this year 
and I think Dave Lone's touched on it a little bit because he's such a big hockey fan, but uh, Las Vegas is an expansion team. This is the first year they've been in existence, and they made it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, but they're in, on the verge of being uh, defeated there. We're at 919 here at DWS. We uh, visited with Josh Whitman yesterday. He visited with all of the local media, radio, TV, print, and others. A uh, big roundtable over at Biafelt. Enjoyed uh, hearing what uh, Josh had to say about the current state of the athletic program, where we are, football, basketball. Uh, a lot of facilities talk, as that's been a, a big piece of what I know Josh has been working with. And one of the talks, uh, one of the discussion points, and one of the more complicated ones, just because it involves uh, the downtown area, the city, uh, potentially the gymnastics, wrestling, volleyball teams, uh, sheets of ice. Uh, we've had uh, a lot of discussion about which, uh, you know, the feasibility study, which area of town would be better, the downtown, the the uh, campus. I know we had Peter Fox on earlier this year with his uh, proposal. But uh, talked with Josh yesterday about the ice rink. Uh, he mentioned during the course of the visit yesterday about uh, he's in a position possibly to give a green light for Division One hockey by the end of this year, uh, meaning a program could be in place within the next few years. I mean, what that timetable looks like, we don't know. But uh, here's Josh talking uh, yesterday with us about that, the downtown location, everything connected to the ice arena. It's a two- to two-and-a-half-year project from when we're in a position to say, yes, let's do this. Uh, we hope that we might be able to give that green light as early as uh, this winter sometime. Uh, and so you're looking at uh, a couple years post that uh, to to see a, a team take the ice and, and start to compete. Um, but it's uh, it, it is it's it's a project that we're incredibly excited about. Uh, the downtown location is really a, a, a great opportunity for Champaign Urbana, for the University of Illinois, and for our athletic program for volleyball, for wrestling, for gymnastics, um, and, and for the the economic benefit that will come to the entire community and the university is committed uh, to the the idea to the location and, and looking forward to uh, to moving it forward. Campus is moving northward. We, we certainly have seen a, a redevelopment of the Green Street area. I remember when I came to school here, there was, you know, there was a Wendy's and there was a, a Taco Bell. And, you know, it, was, it didn't look like it looks now. And, uh, and as we see more and more students move to the north, uh, it makes that downtown location all that much more attractive. It's, it's very close for them to walk to. Uh, the Mass Transit District uh, terminal is right there, and so the bus station is incredibly convenient. Uh, and so we think that our students will really embrace that. They they need to be a, a really uh, important piece of a, of a home game environment in hockey, and uh, they, they'll be critical to our success in that project. And uh, we're excited for them to, to make that walk and, and explore all that downtown has to offer while they're there. Whitman also says uh, several seven-figure gifts have already been pledged, talking about the uh, ice hockey potential with at least 50 to 60 million dollars needed to launch that uh, project and again he says the process would take uh, two two and a half years once the go-ahead is given so we'll see uh, what happens there there's some other facilities uh, enhancements too that they've been talking about uh, while there isn't a complete teardown or anything like that for baseball and softball as far as doing uh, renovations there they are talking about uh, enhancing the practice uh, facilities now right now the Baseball and softball teams hit uh, during the winter time as they get ready to start their year. They'll hit at the Irwin Indoor Center, uh, which is workable, but probably not ideal for uh, baseball and softball teams. And so, uh, looking at uh, <clears throat> expanding <clears throat> for the Illinois field, a seventeen hundred and fifty foot uh, recruiting lounge, twenty three thousand square foot training facility, 
Expected cost of $8 million. Also a 1,300-square-foot recruiting lounge, 10,690-square-foot training facility with an estimated cost of 5 to $6 million for Eichelberger Field. And Whitman says he anticipates raising all of those dollars, have some commitments uh, in the pipeline, if you will, but have a ways to go on that. So that's some of the facilities there. Of course, you have the big football uh, enhancement uh, student center there, student-athlete facility there just, uh, what, east of Memorial Stadium, just south of the current indoor uh, practice facility, which will be expanded a little bit to the west, adding some wrinkles to that uh, particular facility as well. The other bit of news, uh, interesting to me, of course, uh, all of it was interesting, but in particular uh, the United Center game that many of us have been to. We've been going up there for many, many years to the United Center, the annual game uh, there in early December. Yeah, started out, I think, with Duke, was a big opponent early. Uh, had some other big opponents, Arizona, over the years, come into the United Center to play the Illini. But in recent years, attendance has kind of waned. I think last year we had 5,600 or so for the New Mexico State game. We've had Arkansas in there. We've had various teams come through. Uh, it looks like, at least for this year, and maybe this will be the case in the future, uh, with that Chicago game, with the expansion of the Big Ten schedule now by a couple of games from 18 to 20, there's uh, they're looking at that home game that you would have as part of the Big Ten expanded schedule, uh, have that in Chicago, and it looks like uh, that's going to happen here this year. And here's Josh uh, talking about that. Finding a, a, a quality opponent uh, for that game had become increasingly difficult. The return expectation uh, was hard. And uh, and so we thought that a, a nice way to try and approach that, especially with the Big Ten schedule expanding, we never would have taken one of the core nine Big Ten home games away from State Farm Center. But now that there's a, a new home game on the calendar, uh, taking that new game up to Chicago, uh, we thought was something that would get our fans excited and, and would remove the obligation that we'd have on the back end to return the game. And, and then and vice versa, it allows us to... Uh, take a, a new quality uh, non-conference opponent and bring it back to Champaign that had been played up in Chicago. So uh, we think it's a win-win for everybody, and, and we're excited to uh, to try it out this year. I know, thinking about that, about the the opponents we had played in recent years, and they had tried different things. We had played part of a, I think, a doubleheader. We played BYU and Dayton, played Northwestern, and just the crowd size had dwindled some, and some of that has to do the team hasn't been had performed at the same level that they were, you know, ten years ago. But certainly, uh, I think this is my opinion is this is a pretty good move here to to, to do this, to think about this, to move the uh, have a Big Ten opponent play up there, and not have it not be Northwestern, have it be somebody, a Michigan or a Wisconsin or somebody or Indiana, somebody like that to uh, play in Chicago uh, if the Big Ten schedule fits that way, and the. We'll hear from them, of course, as to what game will go where. But uh, anyway, that uh, discussion held yesterday as we talked to Josh Whitman over at BFLT, and um, you can follow all the coverage of that, both radio and the print, digital, through News Gazette Media. We'll take a quick break here. We'll come back. We've got more to come. We've got open line time today. Your thoughts on any or all of this. We'll tell you who is Alice Marie Johnson, the great-grandmother, President Trump, set free from prison yesterday. We'll talk about that a little bit and whatever else you want to bring up on A Penny for Your Thoughts. We'll take a quick timeout.
Penny, for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. Glad you're with us. Hope your day's going well. 74 degrees here as we approach the bottom of the hour. News headlines coming up in a little bit. Well, springtime, summertime is here. Now is as good a time as any to enjoy a great meal at the Beef House in Covington, Indiana. I've talked to you about this often. As far as the menu, Beef House menu features everything from 8 to 20-ounce ribeyes, petite to extra-large filet mignon, chopped sirloin with grilled onions, New York strip. Maybe you like pork, you want to go that route, you can have a choice there, too. One or two pork chops, depending on how uh, big your eyes are, right, in regards to your stomach. How about a barbecue boneless chicken breast or a three-piece pan-fried chicken dinner? I've had people rave about that. Maybe a seafood is more your style. The Beef House menu features everything from grilled halibut to shrimp to sea scallops and king crab legs. Now, see, a, a lot of you really enjoy those, and that's great. I don't. I am not a seafood person. But uh, if you know what those are, and I know you do, they're great at the Beef House. All right, don't forget as well the great sides, rice or broccoli. You could go to my uh, go-to side item, a baked Idaho potato with lots of butter. Don't forget the Beef House rolls. Served hot and fresh at your table with butter, apple butter, or strawberry jam. You see all the choices you get? You can have one pork chop or two. You could have this steak. You could have that steak. You could go small. You could have a burger. You could have tenders. You can order for your kids. They can eat just as well. Whatever you'd like to eat, you'll definitely find at the Beef House. Just off exit 4, Interstate 74, Covington, Indiana. Eric is on the line with us here this morning. Hi, Eric. Hi, Brian. Um, about this ice rink business. Yes. Well, what I, you know, I've got a wish list because of our traditions of skating in this town. And due to the fact that a long time ago, the, the athletic association, as it was called in, over, you know, oversaw the, the U of I ice rink. And then it got put to Division of Campus Recreation. It pretty much has been the death knell for for speed skating. I mean, we've had a couple of anomalies to that, and Jonathan Cook and Catherine Royer. But uh, you know, practice times limited and so forth. What I'm concerned is is the speed of ice that they're talking about for the facility. Now, if you go to international standards, we would again be able to host. You know, international short track competitions, figure skating could, uh, you know, would also be able to compete because that sheet is what they use in an international hockey. They use it uh, in short track and they use it in figure skating. And that is a, that sheet is 30 by 60 meters. So that's what I hope they do because if they go, uh, in, in terms of feet, if they go with an NHL size rink, it's 185 by 85. And they, you know, they will no longer allow short track on such a surface. Hmm. And the same thing, figure skating. You know, they might be able to, to practice on it, but basically, that's that's not the way of the world anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that they have a little uh, foresight and, and and make this thing because then with that size of arena, the possibilities are unlimited yeah. by six thousand people, but a full size sheet of ice. And that would enhance. And that would be the big wish list would be to take it to, you know, where all the other facilities are, you know, south of Kirby, and put a 400-meter outdoor oval there. That would mm-hmm. even be better, but mm-hmm. I don't hold a lot of hope for that. But, you know, I'll tell you what, you'd get a lot of kids off the street if you had a 400-meter track going from November to March, refrigerated, and then have the ice rink 
you know the the arena right there mm-hmm. for for the hockey and, and for everything else. Yeah, those are my uh, thoughts on that. Yeah, no, and they, they talked today. I uh, talked yesterday about the three sheets of ice. You know, one for the arena itself, uh, a, a, an open rink for the public, you know, to use. Um, and obviously you're talking about the size needed to do some serious training, which you think would enhance kind of getting back on track, so to speak, with uh, with some of the speed skating that we've had, the history of it, I guess, right? And uh, and there was, you know, Jim Milnes was a, was a, uh, a figure skater in, in, the, in the 70s, and he, he was an Olympian. He trained out here for quite a while, and, you know, you get that going again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we, it would be really neat to see, and I, I – look forward to seeing Big Ten hockey, uh, you know, in this area and, and all the other things. But I think, with, with, you know, taking a good look at this and, and going the right way with it, you know, a lot of people could be made real happy. Mm-hmm. Hey, Eric, thanks for the call, sir. You bet. Appreciate it. We've got Michael Kaiser next with the news headlines. More. We've got texts and emails coming in, phone calls as well. So uh, keep those coming. Just uh, meandering through a uh, Thursday today with purpose, not just meandering. We're we're marching forward with purpose here today. But uh, if you've got something you want to bring up, feel free to do so. Michael's next with the news. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, What were you doing 40 years ago today? Well, you might have been listening to that song. It was the number one song in the country. 40 years ago today. Is that right? 40, 1978. <laughs> How about that? From Greece. You're the one that I want, right? That was uh, 40 years ago today, number one song in the country. A couple of other notes uh, on this day. Uh, just birthdays. Singer Tom Jones. <laughs> 78 today. Liam Neeson is 66. Remember Eddie Haskell? Sure, Mr. Cleaver. No problem, Mr. Cleaver. Hey, Wally. Eddie Haskell is 75. Was that a good imitation? I don't know. Eddie Haskell. He was a a pest, wasn't he? Uh, Also, uh, this day in 2010, the late Helen Thomas known as the Dean of the White House Press Corps, abruptly announced her retirement after decades amid an uproar with some comments about Israel and Palestine. And this day in 2009, Roger Federer won the French Open, the one major championship he had not been able to achieve. And with the victory, Federer became just the sixth man to complete a career grand slam. 356-9397. Phone lines are filling up. And let's go to uh, Brian. Hey, Brian, good morning. Good morning, Brian. What's up with you? Well, uh, I want to weigh in on uh, the lack of congressional uh, 
action on anything right now. I mean, Mitch McConnell and uh, Paul Ryan doesn't seem to be doing much of anything, and most of what Trump's gotten done has been through executive order. He's literally just uh, upset everything Obama did through executive order. And uh, I'm worried that uh, unless Congress reins in some of the power that the president has, you know, like being like a dictator or a czar and just so let it be written, so let it be done type of thing, I'm afraid that uh, the next Democrat that gets in there is going to just undo everything Trump's done. Reverse everything that's, uh, yeah, just as he did with some of Obama's things. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, yeah. it seems like it's it's a little bit out of control, don't you think? Yeah, I don't I don't like that uh, that trend. I kind of agree with you on that. I think, you know, the legislation should come through the Congress and not, you know, not executive order. And I, I realize that there are arguments among political scientists over the role that executive orders have played and how many there are and how they're used and I, I get all that but I'm kind of like you I I think a lot of this should come through uh, you know the House of Representatives the People's House the Senate yeah uh, this and, is the representative uh, Republican right. or Republic and uh, you know there's checks and balances on everything mm-hmm. and uh, this was not designed to, to let one man just run carte blanche over the whole country like this. Well, if it makes you feel any better, the Senate, I guess, uh, McConnell's talked about uh, keeping them in session during the recess month of August. So maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe that'll help. That... <laughs> <laughs> and sessions, where's he at? You know, the chief law enforcement officer, what, what's he doing? He's just sitting back there. Uh, the most inactive attorney general in my lifetime, I, I think. Well, I don't what's... know what they, I don't know what they do. Um, you know, he's. He's not been in the headlines all that much, if that's what you mean. So, yeah, I mean he's not been in there like uh, Eric Holder was. Hmm. You know, he was he was in the news about every week. So, well, well, we'll see. And not traditionally, not a whole lot. I mean, policy wise, gets done in an election year. That's pretty much a given. Um, you know, during a either the midterms or the general election. So that's kind of a general rule they say if you're going to get something done get it done right away or in a year where there's not an election going on but but we'll see yeah all right brian right. thanks Thank brian you. appreciate it three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number got a text in on the castle heating and cooling text line hi brian do you know if the illini football schedule posters are out yet at the athletic office i'd like to have and know their schedule this new year thanks dr young um, I'm checking on that as we speak. We'll see if we get an answer if they've got those printed yet or put out uh, over at the athletic office as far as the football schedules. I can run through what the schedule is, but I know you'd prefer the poster. Uh, Anna Wall, good morning to you. Good morning, Brad. I thought you didn't want to be bothered with me this morning. Oh, no. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You. Listen, I'm uh, calling attention to all the veterans who may not have access to the News Gazette, might be visually impaired and not able to read it, and all the commanders, etc., to make it possible for them to have this information. On page A3 in the News Gazette today, there's an article that says the president 
signs a Veterans Administration health bill. Now, what this has done is to make it possible for troubled veterans who cannot get what they need at the VA to go to outside doctors and get this help, and it will be paid for by the Veterans Administration. And I'll just read the first paragraph. President Donald Trump signed a bill into law Wednesday that will give veterans more flexibility to see doctors outside the Veterans Affairs system. It is aimed at reducing wait times and improving care for more patients in the private sector. Now, uh, I recently experienced this is quite kept caught my attention. It attracted my attention was I was having problems with one of my eyes and come, and I went over to see an optometrist and found out that uh, an optometrist couldn't deal with it that it required an ophthalmologist. Hmm. So I had to go outside of the VA to get one for that help. So I'm hoping that all the commanders and people in the positions of authorities, American Legions and other veterans organizations, will pass this information on to the veterans. And thank you very much. Hey, thank you, Anna Wall. I appreciate your phone call. Thank you. Yep, good to hear from you. 356-9397. They tell me posters are not available yet for the football schedule. They usually work on that in the summertime. They'll have those here at some point, but not available as of yet. I'll get you the schedule here in just a little bit for football. I'll run through it verbally. 356-9397. We're on an open line, open forum here today. We are going to we talked a little bit uh, you heard some comments from Josh Whitman. The athletic director, he had his big roundtable discussion with the media yesterday talking about all the various facilities and where the program is currently and what we're looking at from that standpoint. So that was an interesting discussion. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, heard him talk about the ice arena, some discussion with that. Sounds like they're making some progress, at least financially, to get that uh, money down the pipeline and, and move that project along. Back to the phones here. Good morning to Richard. Good morning, Richard. Morning, Brian, and I want to thank Anna Wall for calling in. I, I enjoy her her phone ins, and she reminded me of something that happened last week that is not the reason I called, but I just I thought it'd interject a little humor into uh, the show. She mentioned a vision problem. I've had a vision problem. My uh, birthday is next week, and my license expires next. Month. Secretary of State said you need to have your vision checked. That's all that we want. Well, I went in to renew a, a plate that expired at the end of May, and I asked her, I said, if I, uh, if I get tested for my vision, will you take away my license if I don't fail? She says, well, no, and I explained the situation, and she said, no, no, you can, you can, we can check you, and if you don't pass, then you can go get a new prescription or whatever. So I passed. So she says, well, let's go ahead and renew your license right here. Well, they had a mirror. I went over and looked. Oh golly! I went back and I said, "You do you have a makeup artist here?" She said, "No." But 
Are you still here, Brian? I'm still here, yeah. No, I'm just <laughs> chuckling because uh, licensed photos never turn out very well. I know, I know. And my, my ex-wife looked at Matt. Mine said, boy, am I glad I divorced you. But uh, anyway, the reason I called in, you didn't get any response yesterday about the uh, action of uh, Gretchen Carlson and making it, uh, well, how shall we put it, Uh, less of a skin uh, and facial beauty Mm -hmm. issue at the Miss America. Yep, having to do Um, with the swimsuit portion of it, yep. And and evening gown, too. Evening gowns, Um, yeah. How I acquire this information, I don't know. But some years ago, I found out that they would actually accept contestants who had small uh, and discreet tattoos. But uh, I think uh, there's such an overwhelming uh, wave of young women with tattoos that uh, Gretchen said, you know what, we're not going to get enough uh, contestants anyway, so let's just... Let's stop showing skin and let's get these girls in here and we'll change the character of the uh, of the program. And that's that's how I viewed it. Hmm. Well, it's an interesting thought, but uh, I know the um, a lot of the concern, uh, the, whether it's been credited or blamed or depending on, I guess, what people think. But the uh, the Me Too era, of course, has been a big part, I think, of this. And Gretchen Carlson was uh, filed her uh, lawsuit, uh, multi-million dollar lawsuit against Roger Ailes. So. Uh, she got a lot of attention for that. She's a former Miss America. And I don't know, reading some of the reaction to it, we had an article in the News Gazette yesterday. It sounded like a lot of the participants from the last, you know, 20, 25 years say, hey, it, it's time for this to go away. So. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, that's, that's what they said. Hey, thanks, Richard. Appreciate it. 356-9397. We're on open line, open forum here today. We're at 952 uh, let's see here. Back to the phones to Pat. Good morning, Pat. Brian, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. I'll try to be brief. I have a couple things I wanted to mention to you. The first thing is I just wanted to compliment you again on uh, how your patience with uh, your callers. It's just so refreshing, and that's, that's not to say that, uh, you know, pointing fingers or anything, but uh, I just, uh, you're, you've got a unique way about you, Brian, and you're going to, that's why you're doing so well and you're always going to do well that, uh, you, you know, you're not cutting people off and you're showing respect to people. And, and I, and I like that. I, I, I just, uh, I, I just think it makes the show that much more enjoyable. And, and I just wanted to, to compliment you on that. Well, thank you. The second thing, uh, you're welcome, Brian. The second thing I wanted to say is uh, I'm still working on yesterday's paper. I'm I'm just I'm running behind on getting things done, so maybe I'm going to come across a, a nice article in, uh, by the News Gazette about D-Day. But I got to tell you, Brian, I was I was very disappointed yesterday. It, it it just seemed to me there was so much apathy, not only you know in our community and I'm sure it's probably everywhere. I mean I I could hardly see any American flags being flown you know on I was the only one who had one flown on in our resident uh, neighborhood out of 20 homes on our street and I I just the apathy I if people uh, you know if you think back and uh, you see pictures of the gravestones at Normandy and Arlington and you you watch some of those movies uh, Private Ryan and Schindler's List and you know it, all these young boys and then the, the women on the home front the the sacrifices made for you know all those years and it just I, I the day went by too fast and I just uh, 
I just don't think people realize, you know, how how lucky we are to have our freedom. And uh, it kind of affected me yesterday. Now I got mm-hmm. one more quick thing. Is, mm-hmm. uh, you have time for this, Brian? Oh, sure. Brian, I know you have uh, Illinois State Police Trooper uh, Lillard on occasionally, and uh, she she does a good job of just disseminating the information for the ISP. I saw her on the news the other night, and, and as, as you know, they got construction over on 72 west of Decatur, and uh, uh, people are people are uh, making U-turns there in the middle uh, once they get into that stop traffic. And uh, you know, I, we all know it's illegal. It's illegal. You shouldn't do it. But it kind of got me a little bit. Uh, they, they interviewed her on the news on Channel Three. And she had said that that they the ISP Illinois State Police had given out ten tickets uh, in an hour's time to people turning around in the middle that didn't want to wait and go back the other way. Now it's just you know I know it's against the law and and uh, but there ought to be a better way to to get that across to people and they must be sitting back watching. Uh, why not just park your patrol car there in the middle and and. Uh, you know, and no one's going to be making a, a, a turn there if, if you got your patrol car there. It, back in the day, I, I used to do a lot of driving, and we used to go over to Ohio a lot. And Ohio was known as a state you just you didn't go over the speed limit. They used to park state police cars out in the middle of those the, the, those turnarounds, and they'd leave them all day. No, they're unattended. Nobody be with them. And they'd, they'd leave state police cars alongside the road on the on the berm, and just so people would see them and slow down. Now I think that was a pretty effective way. Ohio, they it was just no nonsense. I th- I feel bad for these ten people that got tickets for turning around in the in the medium. A hundred hundred twenty dollars a piece. I understand if you know if uh, they're they're breaking the law, but it seems to me that you know why not try to help these people that are hot and irritated and stopped in traffic and it's to me it's almost like entrapment sitting back waiting if you got 10 people in an hour doing it something's wrong and uh i know they had the the elderly gentleman hit here two three months ago but that was a, a unique situation when he made that turnaround and uh Hmm. But anyway, Brian, just uh, this is something I want to just kind of get off my chest there and throw out at you. No problem. Hey, thank you, Pat. Okay, Brian, have a good day. Appreciate you, it. You too. Thank you. From Pat to Carl. Good morning, Carl. Hey, Brian. Uh, I just wanted to mention a couple, two or three weeks ago, you had Tom Bruno on, and the Uber driver called about uh, the problems between we have here between Green and uh, Armory on Locust. And I just wanted to point, wanted to tell you that uh, there's all week this week they've been spreading asphalt. Hmm. Okay. Just uh, more passable. Oh, okay. Just, so it's a lot smoother the next time you drive down it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know. And um, okay. did you enjoy the uh, Cubs walk-off grand slam? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But... I do want to mention again, instead of an ice rink in that in the building they're proposing, I still say there ought to be a uh, indoor track. But that's my opinion. Well, anyway. All right. Hey, Carl. Thank you. 
Appreciate, appreciate the phone call, 356-9397. Not going to have time to get another call in here in the next minute. I do want to mention a text from Bill. He says, I try to look as mean and mad as possible in my licensed pictures. Want to look exactly as I like I would if I was stopped by police. And uh, Bill also says a lot of the uh, President Trump's orders have just been rescinding orders, especially concerning over-regulation. A lot of bills aren't being passed just because the president's supporting them. All right, 9.59 coming up in the next hour. We'll continue with your phone calls, emails, and texts, so keep those coming. I am going to tell you a little bit, didn't get a chance to hear this half hour, but about Alice Marie Johnson, who is the woman that Kim Kardashian advocated for to Ivanka Trump, to Jared Kushner, to President Trump. And what was her crime? And uh, just wonder what you uh, thought of all of this. We'll talk about that in the next hour. So we'll start the top of the hour with that. A little later in the hour, talk a little more about Red Shane Deeds, the passing. If you're a big Cardinal fan, if you have some memories of Red, some thoughts on his career, feel free to uh, pass those along to me as well. We'll do all that coming up. The news is next here at 10 o'clock. And this is WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's been a fast first hour. Hour number two is next. At the tone, it is 10 o'clock. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com. Or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And we're back. Penny for your thoughts. Hour number two. Had a lot of great conversation the first hour, and we're continuing that here in hour number two. Tomorrow at 9 a.m., Jim Durkin. Republican leader in the state house going to tell us how they came together with that budget so quickly this time and what happened and why. So we'll do all of that. And we've got some other things planned as well. And we'll head into next week as we get ready to head into the weekend with some more. I will tell you, I know some people have asked about Judge Mike McCuskey. Going to have him on again in early July is when his calendar works best next. So we'll have Judge Mike McCuskey on in early July. Been meaning to try to get him on along the way. And let's see here. Let's go to the phones. Charlie is with us. Hey, Charlie, good morning. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Good, sir. I just wanted to make another comment about uh, the 6th of June. I, I have some really specific memories there. And I, my father my father was in the service, and my mother and I took a train ride down to Texas, and we're doing it during that, that day, June 6th. I remember the, the headlines in the paper. I was a... I was about nine years old or something like that, but uh, uh, we Blanche and I went to uh, Normandy 55 years ago for the anniversary, and were there and and saw the uh, saw the whole thing. But the the the, the most awesome sight is that cemetery above hmm. Omaha, and uh, it is the most most uh, uh, most most dramatic thing about the about the. Uh, invasion and everything and there's 9500 graves there and and you go in there and all you can hear is the wind and the the the, the flag waving and i mean the flapping and uh, it's a it's a awesome inspiring sight i'll tell you yeah i've heard it's breathtaking and humbling all at the same time oh, it is and, and they have uh, they have uh, uh 
the missing people from the Battle of Normandy are all listed on a wall behind the big behind the uh, the monument, and it's uh, so it's a uh, it's it's a it's a thrill I'll never forget. I just wanted to pass that along. If anybody hasn't ever seen it, they you know, make a trip to Normandy it would be well worth our while. Mm-hmm. Well, it's on my bucket list. I definitely want to do that, and I've been told that you know several times that uh, I definitely need to see it. So yeah, I'm yeah, planning to. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's it's awesome. So thank you for allowing me the time. Thank you, Charlie. Okay, bye bye. Appreciate it. And I think part of this, and one of our callers mentioned, you know, we're getting further and further away from the actual event, and so I'm sure that. You know, if you were honoring Civil War dead in the late 1800s and early 1900s, and now, I mean, we're 100, how many years? I mean, we're well beyond the, you know, 150, basically, you know, beyond the the Civil War um, and World War One. You know, we'd, we've got Memorial Stadium to honor those who served and died in World War One here, but, uh, you know, there's... There just aren't any people left from that war. I mean, there's just if there are, it's a very, very small handful, and we're losing the World War II generation too. So as you get further away from a Pearl Harbor Day, a D-Day, it's just so important to remember. But you can also understand with the passage of time that there's just fewer and fewer people around that uh, remember, and so that's why it's always important to to remember as much as we can and document it and and. Uh, do all the things we can to remember it because uh, time does pass on. Uh, Mark, good morning, Mark. How are you? Hey, good morning, Brian. Appreciate you taking my call. Sure. And on what you're speaking of, the, the concerning aspect of that is history does tend to repeat itself when people should be wise enough to remember how it was and why we should never go there, yet we tend to always roll right back into World War. And things are certainly lined up these days. Oh, that's Um, right. History has a habit of repeating itself. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to follow up on my call yesterday concerning uh, my friend Sam, who had that horrendous accident on the MTD bus. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like when I get into this story or his story, you go down one path and opens a door to three more paths, which any one of those goes in another direction. So there's just so much to this. And I wanted to clarify, I talked about Sam's deposition in the fact that he was under uh, in the hospital with pneumonia and a UTI, and in that uh, he made some statements, and what he made two statements. One of them was the bus took off, and it threw me backwards, and I backpedaled to a fall. Now that sounds pretty dynamic, and you know, being a guy who understands physics quite well, every reaction there's an equal and opposite reaction. For that to occur, that bus had to take off fairly significantly fast. And it seems the court system functions uh, when it comes to bus accidents. Um, it's one thing to be in a defensive mode, meaning you 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 dodge a wreck or you slam on the brakes to avoid one. Mm-hmm. It's another when you're standing at a standstill and you hit the accelerator, which causes the bus to jerk forward. Mm-hmm. Well, what the judge relied on was towards the end of that deposition, which I'll remind people, it took four days four days, three attempts in four days. At the end of it, the other attorney asked Sam, so how did the bus move? And Sam says, well, I, I, I don't know. I guess it just moved. Now, this man was sick, but they hung him on that. The other thing they asked, were you holding on? And he said, no. Well, most people who walk through a bus don't hold on. 
they may be putting their hand from seat back to seat back. And I asked Sam, were you doing that? And he said, yes. So it's just a travesty that that happened the way it happened. Plus, you would think you'd interview the bus driver to get his testimony on what happened. It never happened. Hmm. So it's just really sad to see Sam in the boat he's in. And, oh, by the way, you know, that female driver's report that showed up virtually a year after this uh, was brought forward, where she stated she took Sam back to his apartment, asked two strangers to assist him back and all that, and then he fell the next morning and suffered major nerve damage from a fall on his head because his legs didn't work. Uh, I have a video of one of the two young men, and this is this is the drum roll part, by the way. By the way, Sam used to play the drums and the guitar until mm-hmm. he became an incomplete quadriplegic. But I have a video of that young man saying, yeah, we helped him off. My buddy Chris and I, we helped him off the bus. And, uh, you know, that bus driver, he didn't get up to help at all. I have a video evidence of, of the witness stating that bus driver was a key. Hmm. Well, yeah, it, it's just, it, it's devastating yeah, yeah. how this has played out. And, and again, he's an incomplete quadriplegic. And for the people who don't understand, Chris Reeves, uh, Superman, he was a complete quadriplegic from mm-hmm. the neck down. Totally nothing functioned. Incomplete uh, basically means he feels everything. He doesn't function, but mm-hmm. he feels nerve-ending pain, cramping, issues of that. His life is a, a cycle of pain. Sometimes it's a 30-second cycle. Sometimes it's five minutes. And he actually, God, thank you, Lord Jesus, there's days where he's almost pain-free. But there's so much I've learned over this experience with the courts, with nursing homes, with the MTD. I want to share it because a lot of it is very valuable. And and I'll I'll let it go with this today. I listened to a radio ad on your your station, and it says, for good nursing home... for a good nursing home experience, expect to spend five to six thousand a year. Well, let me tell you, the predicating that for good nursing home care, there's all kinds of nursing homes out there, folks, and money does matter. Are your thoughts on this, Brian? No, I just I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I don't I don't pretend to know anything about the case. I don't pretend to know how a judge rules or what goes on in depositions, and so I, I don't know what to tell you other than. You know, I've, I've, you know, given you the time to kind of explain what you want to talk about on it, but I don't know how and to. I, appre- I, I don't know what to do about it other than I just listen. That. So. Yeah, and and one of the things I want to point to everybody listening: the MTD is paid through your taxes. So here we have literally a government entity that is paid for by the citizens, and in my opinion, they're getting away with the most egregious crime on the planet, and. That's one of the big focuses here is I want people to understand what's going on with mm-hmm. the MPD. And I, and I have to question management for mm-hmm. allowing this to happen. Uh, All right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, well, thank you, Brian. Th- thank I you, Mark. I appreciate your show greatly. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. 1020. Sam. Hello, Sam. How are hey, you? Good morning. Good morning. Well, I didn't get a chance to call in Tuesday before the city council meeting. And then yesterday I was out of town also. So I looked at the newspaper and went over the some of the things about the new plaza downtown. Oh, this is the one just north of downtown? 
Yeah, the, the where the parking lot's at. Mm-hmm. The planners have come up with this dream. Uh, the planner even admitted it was a dream. She dreamed about it. Here's some things that are just not even reality-based. Space that ought to be flexible, have variability. I'm not even sure that's a word. Uh, leisure. Seasonability and identity. And arts focus. Public art and arts and educational expansion. Activation. Programming and entertainment is essential to the success of the place. Entrepreneurship like the farmer's market, artisan market, small business, incubator programs. Uh, Specific elements for these would be cultural heritage walks, small business kiosk, trellises with bench swings, because everyone likes swings, Mm -hmm. and they'd be musical swings. Trellises with seating below and performance zones. So these are all things under consideration? Is that what Well, that's that's the preferred option. That's what people want. That's what they've said. And uh, another one's the amenities, the activities and programming, food vendors, pop-up eateries, mm-hmm. flexible space for daily activities. So your your thinking is we don't need all that. Is that what you're? Well, here again, West Side Park's a block and a half away. Pop-up okay. eateries, flexible space for daily activities and special events, interactive water features, light elements, community-driven and engaging art, also a performance area, lawn and seating. Well, then West Side Park, here yeah. again. And then, uh, and then after the uh, meeting, that was before the meeting, then after the meeting, they come up with their, they get their first look at plaza options, hmm. even though that's the preferred option. That's already been decided upon. Uh, and then it says that uh, it's going to be able to host programs and entertainment that allows for local entrepreneurship. And then the senior city planner, Lacey Rains Rowe, told city council members that most of the options already available downtown require money to experience. But she said a plaza would be opposite, which would create better representation of ages, cultures, and financial backgrounds in the downtown area. I'm not really sure if any of that's not from a parallel universe or... She's not, do you think so, that's reality-based, that kind of talk? Well, I don't know. So what, what would you prefer they do Nothing. with that? Parking Nothing? lot. Just make a parking lot. Well, leave it a parking lot. Westside Park lot. is right down the street. Yeah. If you want all of these things, they have yeah. the taste of CU. They have other events down there. They have art. They have statues and uh, st- uh, structures, sculptures or whatever. Yeah. They have swings. Uh, all they have to do is make a musical because I guess people like that older people. Hmm. I mean, this is just not even reality-based, and they want to spend millions of dollars on it, but yet they said that, oh, well, we're going to get grants to do this, mm-hmm. and then we'll get donations, and the city isn't going to have to do anything. Yeah. So have, now, you now ma- have you made your voice heard at the council meeting? Or? Oh, I wouldn't go there in a minute. You no. go there in a minute, all you get is berated by the lawyers on the, on the city council. What are you talking about? You can't go there in person. They'll just shoot you down. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's I, a waste I, I, of time. Okay, well, I, <laughs> life's I, too short for that. Well, I'll just I'll just get on penny for your thoughts, and hopefully somebody will hear it. But. Yeah. Well, you just and did. Then, uh, so. For for the city for the planning department to come up with this when no one I mean they're not even elected officials of this city, and the city manager just sits there like a like she doesn't hear them, and the city council gives them direction nine to zero, 
So now they can go nuts and come up with all these uh, crazy notions they've got. The metaphor of a baked potato. It's like a baked potato. <laughs> you start out with butter and salt, and then you, then you add sour cream. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then maybe you put some cheese on it. Oh, then you might get a loaded baked potato. Well, now you're making I me hungry, three. Sam. Well, that's what she yeah. said. Now, yeah. I bet you people are, oh, I bet you're thinking about baked potatoes, aren't you, you city council yeah. members? Oh, boy. Hey, Sam, no. I, I got to run. but uh, Okay, but, but let's let's try and get off of this alternative universe because it's going to cost millions of dollars to the taxpayers. All right. Hey, thank okay, you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. 1025. Back with more in a moment on Penny for Your Thoughts here today. Penny, for your thoughts, News Talk 1400, DWS. You can leave this up a little softly, Ed, but you can leave it up. Terry Sylvester. And the Hollies. He was our performer last night over at the Broadcasters Convention. Get the idea. All right, three five six nine three nine seven is how you can join us on the phone lines. Text this Castle Leading and Cooling text line. Uh, he sang that song last night, by the way. Ten twenty eight here at DWS. Uh, Marie Johnson, Alice Marie Johnson, a great grandmother, had been in jail for more than twenty years, served a life sentence for nonviolent drug charges. She was released after President Trump commuted her sentence. On Johnson's behalf, reality TV star Kim Kardashian West had met with the president at the White House a week earlier to discuss her case. After her release, Johnson thanked both Trump and Kardashian, who she called an angel for being her advocate. Johnson, who's now 63, was arrested in 1993, convicted of drug conspiracy and money laundering in 1996, according to a profile. She became involved with cocaine dealers after she lost her job, her son was killed, She and her husband divorced, and her home was foreclosed on. Johnson had said she did not sell drugs or make deals, although she did admit to acting as an intermediary for those involved, passing along messages. She was given life in prison without parole. And she goes, I did something wrong, but that was a bad choice in my life that has cost me my life. Kardashian West later enlisted her lawyer to work on getting clemency for Johnson, also another woman who is serving life in prison for a murder she committed when she was 16 and a victim of sex trafficking, supporters have said. They said uh, Johnson had been a model prisoner and had the support of the warden, government officials, and a host of others in her bid for release. So that's uh, basically kind of a short version of the story of Alice uh, Marie Johnson, who has been all over television today. And you've heard a lot of news about her from CBS uh, with her sentence being commuted by the president. And on a lighter note, today, this tweet in from the uh, Penn State Creamery, where we always go every time we go to Penn State, it's National Chocolate Ice Cream Day. (laughs) Celebrate with a cone or a milkshake made especially for you by one of our friendly Creamery employees. So that's out of the creamery at Penn State, one of our favorite stops on the Big Ten circuit. 
All right, to 10.30 here at DWS. And we'll talk a little more about Red Shandy's coming up here in just a few minutes. But uh, we'll continue with more after the news here with Michael. Welcome back. Penny for your thoughts. Final half hour coming up here. New Stock 1400 DWS. You can uh, join us here at 356-9397. You can text us. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. You can email us talk at wdws.com. If you're looking to buy a home or sell one, let me recommend Stephen Pam Starwald at Keller Williams. They're the husband and wife team that I've gotten to know over the years and that you are in good hands when you're with Stephen Pam Starwalt, husband and wife team. They've assembled an outstanding team to work with them on home inspections, lenders. Uh, we've talked a little bit about Damien uh, at Fisher National Bank. We'll tell you more about him tomorrow. But uh, if you're looking to sell, if you're looking to buy, give them a call. They can meet with you with no obligation on your end. And uh, they can discuss your time frame and urgency to sell. Are you wanting to sell in two weeks or six months or a year? Well, there's a no-cost consultation. Selling, home inspection, there's a lot that goes into this. The appraisal process, closings, your initialing, and signing a lot of things. Uh, if you'd like to uh, give them a call and chat with them and find out what they can do for you, 239-7156, 217-239-7156. By the way, if uh, Pam, uh, that is Pam's cell number, that rolls into her cell number. So if she's out with another client, it'll roll in. You'll get the message. You're not going to go into, into a black hole somewhere and disappear. They will take good care of you. And if you can't remember the number, you can Google Starwalt, you can Google Pam, you can Google Steve, and it all comes up there on that first page, Steve or Pam or Keller Williams. They're all there. So uh, check it out. Check out the website, Google Starwalt. That's all you need to remember, 239-7156. If you've got a great memory, we invite you to take advantage of their expertise. Steve and Pam Starwalt, the husband and wife team at Keller Williams. All right, we're at uh, 80 degrees, 1038. We were talking about Red Shandies a little bit earlier off the uh, top of the show. Lauren Tate, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Good. Red Shandies. Trying to, Mis- to, trying to get busy today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're kind of retired anyway, right? So you can... You well, can... I'm a little bit retired, but i got to write a Sunday column, and I'm trying to figure out uh, what to write about this week because i got several op- options, and I... Kind of settle on one. We'll see. Yeah. Well, Red Shandies, uh I mentioned earlier, if the late Hall of Famer Stan Musial was the greatest cardinal of them all, uh, Red Shandies easily could be called Mr. Cardinal. You're a huge Cardinal fan. Would you that's, agree with that? That's right. And, and you know, he, um, you, you'd have to say that Pujols was, you know, as great a player as, as, as Musial, I suppose, or at least they're on similar lines but uh, red uh, red was just beloved over the years by the way i'm I, I you know they announced he passed away last night and i'm glad he didn't have to watch that cardinal game because that, <laughs> that would have turned his stomach but uh red red was a great player uh and who came up the hard way uh you know he led the league in hitting uh and hits one year he led the he hit he batted 342 i think that was second one year he was a great player. Then he became the manager and uh, just a guy who, who had the longevity to be around the Cardinals all these years. And, you know, I mean, when you talk you talk about Gibson, Gibson was a greater player. Pujols was a greater player. But Red was just uh, – he was always there. And he was, he was a guy that, uh, as I said, he was just beloved by the fans. Well, they played for the Cardinals uh, 1945 to 56 and again from 61 to 63. Coach for the 64 
world champion Cardinals, managed the Cardinals from 65 to 76, uh, won National League pennants in 67 and 68 in a World Series in 1967. And uh, what he was, I think he was second on the list to Larusa, right? At one point in wins. Yes, that's no, that's true. That, yeah, I mean, well, I, that, that's still the case. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I, I don't think. Uh, I don't think. I, I, I don't think Martini's gone past that, has he? I don't think so. But I, uh, I, never, I wouldn't think so. He hadn't been there long enough. Now he was a really, good, really good with his glove, right? He was outstanding second baseman. He he played some shortstop, but he's basically a second baseman. And as I said. Uh, uh, I, I guess I didn't mention this, but one year, I, well, he he had seven years in the major leagues where he was either tied or number one for uh, for defensive percentage. So he handled everything extremely. It's just uh, he was just an ex- excellent all around uh, guy, and as I, he was so well liked by everyone. I mean, he he just never said the wrong thing. You know, he always he always did the right thing. Yeah, Dell Maxville, who was a shortstop on the World Series teams, the late '60s. Uh, he said he was one of those guys when you ne- where you heard you never heard anybody say anything bad about him. There's not too many people like that. Oh no, there isn't. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Red was just he just from the old farm boy. He, he just uh, he made it the hard way, and he and you know he had some physical problems. He had an eye problem. He had another problem. I think he had cancer at one point, or and, you know they resolved the problem quickly. But he uh, he bounced back from those things as, as though they never happened. And it's interesting when you go back and look because uh, Whitey Herzog got a lot of attention, obviously, is and well deserved for his success. You had Joe Torre, but uh, he was in between what Whitey and Joe Torre, right? Uh, managed in yeah, 1990 I, when 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 Whitey you know, resigned. You know, Whitey was always known for his style of play, and and uh, I, I Red just seemed like he just let it happen. I mean, I don't think that he had any. You know, he didn't. He wasn't trying to steal bases the way that uh, and run the bases the way that that Whitey wanted to. Of course, he didn't have Coleman, maybe, but uh, uh, and then Brock. I, I don't. I don't know that uh, that Red was ever identified with a particular style. It's just that he was. He was a, a guy that uh, his word was his bond. He. he uh, you know, he's a closest friend to uh, Musial, and that's a good guy to be a friend of. Isn't it? <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> And he was what he, we mentioned this earlier too. This one caller, he was hitting fungos at what age ninety? Yeah, that's right. And, and when they when they uh, hauled out the Clydesdales and they marched around the field, you always knew that Red would be in, in the entourage <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Also managed the National League to All Star victories in nineteen sixty eight and uh, sixty nine. And we mentioned he was interim manager a couple of different times later on. But so, who now do you think is the um, greatest living Cardinal, or the most popular living Cardinal now? That's oh left? boy. Well, it's either it's either Brock or or Gibson, or I, you know, Pujols doesn't fall into that anymore. I guess because he's not, he hasn't been a Cardinal for a while. Uh, what do you do? You count Pujols or not? I don't know. I I think he's been gone long enough now. He's I mean he's almost forgotten on the West Coast. Yeah, I I would say that the popular guys. I mean, more so than Suter, more so than. And then and I'd, I'd say the two guys that, that draw the biggest hand now would probably be Brock and Gibson, wouldn't you think? Mm-hmm. Am I missing somebody? I don't think so. But, the, th- oh, those, are the, those are the two when they do the um, the annual parade at the start of the year. Those are the two guys, two of the guys everybody wants to see. So. Yeah, and Brock's had that amputation, you know, and he's mm-hmm. uh, he's still going to be getting – he's coming around. I think he's going to – is he going to be in Champaign or some place locally for uh, – 
an event. I mean, he's he's still getting around. Yeah, that's so for good sure. For him. All right. Well, Lauren, I just wanted to – I know you'd seen Red play and uh, being the big Cardinal oh, yeah. fan you are, so I, I just uh, – I knew that was kind of sad news to hear. Yeah, 95 years old. He, he's lived a good life. Really yeah. lived a good life. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lauren. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. Lauren Tate, of course, he's on uh, Saturday with Steve Kelly. You can listen for that and on periodically uh, throughout the week as well on uh, various sports talk shows with uh, Scott Beatty. Along the way, 1044 here at DWS. And let's see here. Back to the phones real quick to Mike. Good morning, Mike. Uh, good morning, Brian. Uh, you're you're talking with Lauren about greatest living Cardinal. I don't know. Maybe you brought the name up, but don't forget Ozzie Smith. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> How could I forget Ozzie? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I had the opportunity to travel with Horner and Maxwell on a charter to Atlanta in 1983 and sat with Ozzie Smith down there in a hotel for two hours one evening on a Saturday night and just chatted with him. We didn't even talk baseball, just talked family and kids and you name it. Isn't that fun? And I also got, and I also got Red Shandy's autograph in the World Series program from the year before. Did that you really? Same trip. Yeah. Yes. So how'd you, how'd you get on the yeah. charter? Did you know, I mean, did you know somebody or? Uh, yeah, my parents. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they had made the arrangements and then offered the trip to me and my younger brother. Okay. So obviously you and were, it, you were, you were connected to the team somehow. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I don't know how they pulled that off, but yeah. I, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Oh, I can tell you that. Absolutely. I had a conversation like that, uh, like you had with Ozzie Smith about other things in life. Uh, when I interviewed Tony Gwynn one time on a pregame show, and he walked right. with he walked with he was one of the most gracious people I've ever met at that level, a superstar like that. I mean, yeah, he he walked me all the way out to the dugout. We did, you know he could have done the interview back in the locker room and nobody would have seen it. But he walked with me all the way to the dugout. We we talked about everything other than baseball for ten minutes, right. and then we, and then we did the interview. And that's just the way it was with Ozzy. He's the classiest act I've ever been around from a professional athlete. Hmm. And I've had the opportunity to play golf with Jim McMahon before, and uh, that was an experience also, but that's another story. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I had Keith, uh, Keith Hernandez was with him at that time, Willie McGee, uh, Bob Force. I got all these guys to sign the program and uh, it was just a trip of a lifetime yeah those, those are great memories mike thank you for sharing those yes. you bet have a great day thank you how oh. could i how could i forget the wizard it's a home run the cardinals have won the game on a home run by the wizard one of the great calls of the great jack buck all right back with more after this Betting for your thoughts continuing here on this june the 7th june 7 already Tomorrow we'll have Jim Durkin on. He's the House leader for the GOP for a few minutes at the beginning of the show. Talk about the state budget, what's in it, what was left out, what was put in, how did we get it done so quickly. I mean, it's great. No budget fight this year like we've had the last two years. But what does it all mean? We'll sort through that tomorrow. May sprinkle in another um, item or two along the way tomorrow as well. Uh, A couple of things in case you missed it. Always have a file that says, in case you missed it, I find some interesting things that I like to maybe mention towards the end of a show, perhaps along the way. 
Uh, today, June the 7th, 100 years ago today, the University of Illinois awarded 240 degrees from the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences, 188 degrees from the College of Agriculture, and 120 degrees from the College of Engineering on this day 100 years ago today. Also, I don't know if you knew this. I didn't know this was a thing. But having an unlimited number of vacation days might sound amazing, but it also might be a trap. <laughs> the trend to offer an employees an infinite number of vacation days began in the mid-90s. I didn't hear about this. And now the perk is popping up in more places. Companies claim the policy works wonders and allows employees to create a better work-life balance and makes them happier. However, they say the truth is often quite different. Using technology companies and professional service companies offer the unlimited vacation days, and they tend to be all-consuming workplaces. That means employees can feel guilty when taking time off as they believe their colleagues will view them as not fully committed for doing so. So if anything, the policy can mean employees often end up taking less time off, not more. It also means that companies do not have to account for holidays they would previously have owed employees. It's the workers who stand to lose if they leave. They'll not be paid for unused holidays uh, that was you may have missed that story vermont is looking to boost and reinvigorate its small aging population state lawmakers have passed a new law that will pay people up to ten thousand dollars to move to vermont and then work remotely it's under a worker grant program signed into law by the governor in vermont phil scott those eligible can get up to five thousand a year but not more than ten thousand dollars over two years with the money able to be used on expenses like relocation costs, Internet access, computer hardware and software, and co-working memberships. In order to qualify, a person relocating to Vermont must be a full-time employee of an out-of-state business, work primarily from home or co-working space in the state, and become a full-time resident on or after next January 1st. If this sounds like a good deal, you may want to move fast to take advantage of it, the money being given out on a first-come, first-served basis. A basis, and the grant program has annual caps. I don't know, Vermont's a pretty state, but you want to move there to work remotely. It is beautiful in the fall, I'm told. I'd like to, That's another bucket list item. It's hard to get there during football seasons. <laughs> Maybe we should schedule Vermont. How about that? Uh, 10.54, we'll take a quick break, come back with some more for you, Penny, for your thoughts. Newstalk 1400 DWS. You know, sometimes you make a throwaway line, and you say, yeah, let's just schedule Vermont. Well, that's going to be hard because Vermont hasn't had football since 1974. <laughs> so I can't even do that. Okay, oh well. Yeah, I just looked it up. It was like, yeah, their program started in uh, 1886, and the last season was in 1974 for Vermont football. So I can't even schedule a game in Vermont. I hadn't heard much about it. I know they got a really good basketball team usually. but All right, 1057 here at uh, DWS. You can always text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Probably no time for phone calls here the rest of the way, but if you've got something you want to slide in uh, here on the text line, you can do that. Or you can always email us, talk at WDWS.com is how you can reach us. A couple of final little notes here. I don't know if you're a big fan of This Is Us. It's one of the few... My wife and I, we don't watch a lot of television. I mean, I say that. I watch a lot of television. We do. But a lot of it has to do with sports. Sports and news and so forth. 
Uh, we just don't watch a lot of TV shows. You know, a lot of people are really into The Bachelor, and other people are into this show and that show. But the one show we are into is This Is Us. And uh, they're getting ready to start with season three. The creator, though, Dan Fogelman, already has his eye on the potential end of the show. During a four-year consideration event in Los Angeles, he revealed he's already filmed a few pieces, in quotes, of the series finale. Of course, they're working ahead on that series. We're pretty far out, he told the panel on uh, back at the end of May. He says, we know where it ends and we know the path for each season. We've always had a plan. We didn't want to get stuck. He says, the show will not overstay its welcome. We have a story to tell. We want it to do it the right way. He says, I've actually already shot pieces of the final scene of the series. And when he was making that statement, Mandy Moore, who's one of the stars of the show, nodded during his statement, so it's possible she could have been part of those moments that were already shot. So we'll see. Not saying this next year is going to be the final year of This Is Us, just saying that they may be already shooting some of the pieces of the final. I guess they have to think ahead like that if you're a director or producer of a TV show or a movie. All right, uh, that is going to wrap it up here for today for me. We have the Rush Limbaugh show coming up here, of course, after the top of the hour. So uh, stay tuned for that here on Newstalk 1400 DWS. Tomorrow, Jim Durkin from the uh, Illinois House for a little bit. And we may learn about uh, Baroque artists in the second hour at some point. Working on getting a guest lined up for that that I think you'll enjoy hearing some uh, music near the end of the show to close out the week. But we'll let you more about it, uh, know more about it tomorrow, where and when. Thanks to Lauren Tate for popping on with us for a few minutes. Thanks to Ed Bond for his help today. I'm Brian Barnhart. Thank you for being with us, as always, on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. At the Tone, it is 11 a.m.